fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome, it's Stu in for Glenn Beck, who is uh, currently uh, off today. He is uh, doing his charity work as he helps declaw mice for scientific experiments. Uh, He's been doing this for a long time. I'm sure you heard him talk about it before. We'll get into that in a little bit. He's back on Monday. We have some big news about the economy. As the uh, the economy added 224,000 jobs, this news just coming out, the unemployment rate is at 3.7%. 3.7%. It is insane. Lowest in, you know, what, four decades? We'll get into that and a lot more in just one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you've been thinking about your home security, I've talked about Simply Safe Home Security for years now. Incredible protection, intuitive, thoughtful design, fair, reasonable prices. But right now, in honor of Fourth of July, we've worked together with Simply Safe to put together a great offer for fans of this show: fifteen percent off your system plus a free HD camera. The system has everything: the entry sensors, the motion sensors, glass break sensors, security camera, everything you need to stop criminals from touching your home. Simply Simply Safe won CNET's Editor's Choice for Home Security. PC Magazine's Editor's Choice Wirecutter calls it the best home security. You can install it yourself, and monitoring is still $15 a month. This is an incredible deal and an incredible system. Go to simplysafebeck.com right now. You're going to get 15% off your system plus a free HD security camera. That's a $100 value in the camera alone. It's simplysafebeck.com. 15% off now at simplysafebeck.com. Well, Independence, Independence Day is over, uh, and now we've moved on to Dependence Day. Now we can get rid of all that independence, that ugly independence that America wanted for so long. And we can move on to Dependence Day. I don't know if you're looking at the 2020 race at all, uh, but that is essentially what the Democrats are offering right now, is one giant Dependence Day party. They want 364 days of dependence to not be enough. They want to take over July 4th, too, I'm pretty sure. And every single policy they're offering goes down this road. This is, of course, a country, as you may have noted when you were looking at uh, fireworks and and, uh, eating hot dogs and throwing beer down your gullet, that was kind of founded on the idea that maybe independence is, is kind of a good idea. These are people, first of all, that came across an ocean and risked everything to form some sort of, have some sort of option, right? Something different. Lived under what was essentially, uh, you know, it was like the long distance relationship of slavery. They were under the nail of a king. And what did they do? They fought for their independence, They wanted to show that, hey, you know what? Maybe men can do this on their own. Maybe we don't need a king deciding every little bit of our lives for us. Maybe there's a different path here. And as you celebrate Independence Day, you look now at what we're looking at with the 2020 candidates. And I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You know, there's so many times that you hear the left and right broken down in these ridiculous sort of terms, especially when they talk about the Nazis. They're the, the right are the Nazis. They're the they're, they're fascists. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said this the other day, and this is we're moving towards fascism because of what this president is doing. 
Um, that's an interesting idea because fascists were national socialists. And, you know, national socialists very clearly, and we went over this in a very extensive article on glenbeck.com that you can, you can check out. National socialists were not just socialists in name only. They meant it. And of course they meant it, right? You need a large government to be able to control a population. If you're, I mean, there's nothing consistent with American conservatism that has anything to do with what the Nazis did or any other large government, because what we did here was a limited government. And that is what we argue for all the time as conservatives, as people who might lean libertarian. You want the smallest government possible because you know what's great is not having to worry about electing the wrong person and having them clamp down on your society. That's a great little option we've discovered here in the United States, or at least had for a very long time. We have limitations on what the government can do to us. We have lim- we don't, you know, Barack Obama famously talked about uh, our founding documents as a charter of negative liberties. And he's right on that. That's exactly what it is. It is a, it's a charter to say, not what the government must do for you, but what the government can't do to you. You have the right to come out and live your life as you see fit uh, inside of very limited guidelines. A limited government. Conservatives, you know, love the Constitution. We do want a government. We're not anarchists. But what we do uh, look at is is maybe limiting the power of the government so that that government isn't making us dependent on it all the time. But today is Dependence Day. You look at what the left is doing right now as we get closer and closer to this election, and somehow they have to come up with some way to paint the economy as poor with 3.7% unemployment. This is not going to be an easy argument for them. You saw this happen in the debates if you were watching them, and I hope you weren't. Because it was not not fun. I don't know how many of these things I can take. To be honest, I only I have a very limited capacity for this. It's it's a very much a nails on a chalkboard situation. But as you kind of go through this and you and you look at their proposals, you see what they're trying to do. They ask them about you know what about the economy? How do you get this to work for everyone? And all of them unanimously said it's not working for people. Even though sixty percent of Democrats say the economy is good. 60% of Democrats say the economy is good right now. How do you fight back against that? Well, the only thing you can do is try to create this utopia, right? You try to come out and figure out a way to tell people that they can't do it on their own. You're not independent. You're dependent. They don't want you to be de- independent. They want you to be dependent on them, dependent on the government. And why not launch it on July 5th? I think it's the perfect time. They want you to they want you to not be responsible. They want them to be responsible. And then of course, once they're responsible, we know how that ends. We'll get into the news from Venezuela today a little bit later in the program, but when the government runs things and they can control the economy, every aspect of your life, things tend to go down a somewhat dark road. But the left does not want you to be independent. They want you to be dependent on them. They're the only ones that can save you. It's up to you to look to them to solve the problems in your life. Every single day from the day you're born to the day you die, the government is there to take care of every single need. 
That is the vision of the left in America right now. And you're seeing it more and more as the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wing rises to power. And look, it's not really a separate wing. Instead of calling it the socialist wing, it should just be the honest wing, right? I mean, we there's a difference between progressivism and socialism, and it is speed. That's it. It's just speed. You know, like people are like, oh, well, Joe Biden, he's a moderate. Well, is he? Is Joe Biden a moderate? In what world is Joe Biden a moderate? There are two places where Joe Biden is a moderate. In the 2020 Democratic field and the Soviet Union in 1988. That's, those are the two moderate places for Joe Biden. The guy was one of the... He's the when he ran as, uh, for vice president, he was the first or second, I think, most liberal senator in the Senate. He's not moderate. This is not a moderate person. Now, granted, Ocasio-Cortez is asking for more today. But think about this. Joe Biden came out in, in, in one of his first speeches and said what he wanted was free community college for every single American. That's the moderate position in the Democratic Party. John Delaney's another guy running for president. You don't know that because you've never heard of him. But he's been running since 2017 as a Democrat. He's like, he like predates the last election. And he's the, another moderate who wants to spend $4 trillion on global warming. That's moderate on the left now. Just saying you're against socialism makes you moderate and also gets you booed. That is the world we're looking at right now. We're going to come back and look at some of these proposals here in, in just uh, 60 seconds. Because when you look at where the Democrats really want to go, it is terrifying. It really, it really is. It's a totally different vision of America. And what better day than July 5th to show the sort of black and white, uh, the bright lines between where this country was, how it was founded, and where the left wants to bring it. We'll get to that in 60 seconds. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Well, it's July 4th, which means summer is heating up. And luckily, Blinds.com is here to help you beat the heat with up to 50% off everything right now. Here's what Tasha in Oklahoma has to say about her new blinds. She said, I love them. They're gorgeous. They're easy to install. We have found the best deal for our windows. Blinds.com, it's exactly what we were looking for. I've told all my family and friends about Blinds.com, and we will definitely order more down the road. Blinds.com is the number one online choice for affordable, quality, custom window coverings, and their award-winning design consultants are with you every step of the way. Plus, every order gets free online design consultation, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to Blinds.com right now and save up to 50% on everything. Plus, save an extra $20 this July 4th with promo code BACK. Save up to 50% on everything. Plus, save an extra $20 with the promo code BACK. Blinds.com, promo code BACK. Rules and restrictions do apply. It's doing for Glenn Beck. Uh, we're talking about the way the left is trying to take the country. Uh, we just celebrated Independence Day. 
But now it's okay for all of America to become dependent again. Sure, you had that day with the fireworks and the hot dogs and the beer and the parties. Uh, and that was to celebrate what used to be, which was basically a racist thing. It's a racist, terrible thing. It's basically a thing that's victimized millions of people, billions across the globe. And now we can kind of leave that behind and spend the next 364 days begging the government to do everything for us. Isn't that a wonderful vision of the future? Isn't it? You had Independence Day, but now let's get a little more dependent. Because they want you to be dependent on them for things like health care. Your health is their responsibility, not yours. They want you to be responsible for so little in your life, it's going to be you're going to need a you're going to need a search squad to go out and find something that you're supposed to do on your own. I mean, you remember this vision of uh, what was it, Julia? Do you remember the cartoon Julia with from Barack Obama during the campaign? I think it was 2012, in which he showed this woman going through her life, and she grew up, and she was as a child was given the free lunch, and she was given. The, uh, you know, the, the, the child care program. And then she grow, grew up to a teenager and she got, uh, she got the free college and free tutoring. And then she went up as an adult and she got the free birth control and she got all of that. And that was the vision. And then, of course, as she got older and she lost her job, she got the unemployment. And then as she got older than that, she got the free health care and she got the, she got the, uh, she got the social security and the Medicare. And she went on and on and on all the way till death. And I think, at the end of her life, as she sat in a coffin, a Democrat came by and threw some quarters at her or something. She got something, even in death. And this is this type of vision the left has for us. You've got 25 candidates running. If you happen to mention, uh, miss it, uh, Joe Seastack. Seastack is in the race now. Uh, former, I think, congressman, failed Senate candidate. Why not jump in now? And try to get into the race. None of these people are even going to make the debates. Uh, you're probably going to be down to about, I think you're going to be less than 10. You have one more set of debates where most of these people are going to be in it, about 20 candidates. And after that, it's going to get a lot more difficult. But the left wants you to be dependent on them for everything. They want you to be dependent on them to control the weather. They want you to be dependent on them to control your health. They want you to be dependent on them to have government insurance, not private insurance. Private insurance should be illegal to several of these candidates. They want you to leave your responsibility at the door. Think about personal responsibility on July 4th. We're on July 5th. On July 5th, you should be dependent on the government to negotiate your wage. Because you know what? $15 an hour, is that even enough? Is that even enough? We need to get that minimum wage up a little bit higher. And by the way, when we talk about minimum wage, let's not just talk about minimum wage. Let's talk about maximum wage. It's certainly not up to the shareholders to decide what the CEO of a company makes. It's up to the government. You need to be dependent on them to outline that. And you need to be dependent on them to figure out how to take more from wealthy people. 70% income tax. Sounds about right. How about a wealth tax? Can't we just dip into the stuff they already bought with money they were already taxed on? Why not? If you're going to be dependent on them, you should be dependent on them to make those decisions for you. It's Dependence Day. How about universal basic income? Shouldn't we be dependent on the government to give us money for doing nothing? 
Why do we have to do things to get things? It's an interesting fundamental question that our country is seriously in the middle of trying to decide. This is the United States of America, and we're talking about getting paid for nothing. You can't be independent. You need to be dependent on the government for the care of your children after school. How can you pay for daycare? Daycare should be free. How about when you need to leave? What if you're sick? What if you're having a baby? What if you're having, what if you're getting married? Why don't we federally mandate paid sick leave and family time? It's not up to you to negotiate that. It's not up to you to be valuable enough at work so that your employer wants to keep you when you have these things pop up. No, it's the government that should decide those things. You should be dependent on them to take care of you. You should be dependent on the government for free college tuition. Because college tuition, certainly you're entering into an agreement to pay your college bills, but how could you possibly have known what those bills are other than the number on the piece of paper that you signed? And you know what? Those things do beat you up. I, you know, I have relatives that have you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of college debt. It's not easy. Uh, but I mean, I, I wasn't the one telling people to go get lots of college debt. That wasn't me. Bernie Sanders said this the other day. He's like, oh, well, we told, we told everyone that we, you know, would, people need to go out and get, and get college loans. And then now they're, they're killing people with these loans. They're, they're in too much debt. Who was telling them? It wasn't me telling people to go to college and spend $100,000 so they can turn into a socialist. That's, that wasn't my plan. That wasn't my, that wasn't my math. That was yours. And now, of course, because they've told everyone they have to go do that. And it costs them a lot of money. Now, we're the ones responsible for paying that off. And by the way, for, you can't have... Sure, college should be uh, free in the future. But what about the people who already paid for it? What about you know people who have hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans? Well, those should be paid off by, I guess, us. Because we should be dependent on the government to take care of those loans. Even if they're really rich people, according to Bernie Sanders. Even people who have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, well, the government should step in and pay off their loans too. We should, of course, get the government to protect us from all these evil guns. You know, guns can be used to kill. They're designed to kill. And that's why the government is here. They're supposed to stop every single person from living in any sort of danger. You can't have any danger in your life. Of course, you also can't defend yourself from the people who don't follow their laws. You know, the criminals who would use guns in a negative way. You have to be dependent on the government to protect you on the internet. You can't be, but you can't be expected to go on the internet and pick a, a provider and have them have an agreement with you that you pay for. No, no, we need net neutrality. We need that to we need that to, net neutrality to be there so that the government can step in and you can be dependent on them to take care of you. Because if that freaking episode of Stranger Things does not stream at the appropriate uh, level, if you're not getting 4K out of that thing, where's Uncle Sam? If there was one thing the founders fought for, it was good streaming on Netflix. I think we all can understand that. We need to have the government there to enforce gender pronouns because you can't be trusted 
to have an opinion on such a controversial issue. We need to have the government there so we can be dependent on them so that they can take money from people today whose descendants didn't even have anything to do with slavery to pay off other people that are minorities because even though they also might not have had anything to do with slavery, they may have been victimized in some sort of sideline way and we should be held responsible for that. The government is there. For you to be dependent on it. And look, if you listen to the words of the founders, the last thing they guaranteed was your freaking happiness. They guaranteed your pursuit of it. They guaranteed your right to go after the dream, not to achieve it. And that's been one of the strongest things about our country. The fact that people always felt they needed to work their asses off to get what they wanted to get what they needed to provide for their families. When you step in and you say, hey, here's, here's a bunch of money for doing nothing, you are upending the foundations of this country. And every single candidate on those stage those two nights and every single candidate you're going to see to the end of this election on the left is going to keep telling you those same things. And we have to realize what a violation that is of where we came from. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Wi-Fi is spelled W-I-F-I. Unfortunately, for many people, it also spells T-M-I, as in too much information. Because Wi-Fi, whether public or right in your own home, even if it's password protected, isn't always private. Cyber criminals can use Wi-Fi to steal information that you send and receive while online, whether that's credit card numbers, account login information, or your social security number. To help put a stop to TMI on Wi-Fi, you need Norton Secure VPN. Norton Secure, a virtual private network. Norton Secure VPN starts at $3.33 a month with an annual subscription, so go to Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Don't let Wi-Fi, public, or in your home mean TMI. Get Norton Secure VPN ASAP. Protection starts at less than 4 bucks a month. Terms do apply. Norton.com slash VPN. Sign up at blazetv.com using promo code BECK to enjoy free speech while it lasts. This is the Glenn Beck Program. According to the FBI, the average loss in burglary is about $2,000 or just above. Now, that can be hard to recover from. Even so, only one in five have home security. And I think it's mainly because the security companies make it so hard to get security. But Simply Safe is different. Their system protects every door, every window, every room with 24-7 professional monitoring. With Simply Safe, there's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. It's designed to blend right into your home without wires, without drilling. It's easy. It's easy to order. It's easy to set up. You can usually do it in under an hour. And the system has won tons of awards from CNET to the New York Times wire cutter. Around the clock monitoring, $15 a month without a contract. If you go to simplysafe.com slash Glenn, you're going to get a free HD security camera when you order. That's a $100 value. So get your free HD security camera now by going to simplysafe.com slash Glenn. Order today. Simplysafe.com slash Glenn. Simplysafe.com Slash Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Stu in for Glenn. He is uh, testing new flavors of Nutter Butters as part of his Nabisco internship. He'll be back on Monday. 
Uh, so Donald Trump yesterday did something I think was pretty amazing. And I think I've never seen anything like it before, to be honest with you. Uh, he had this big 4th of July festival in uh, in D.C. And, you know, it was talked about quite a bit. And that's not really the part that, you know, I mean, we've seen things like this before. What was amazing to me is Donald Trump somehow got the left to do two things I've never seen it do. Because they basically just came out and said, uh, the rain that was falling from the sky, that was essentially God being mad at Donald Trump. (laughs) This is the analysis on social media. And it kind of gets you to two things. Number one, it's the first time they have ever blamed a weather event on something other than global warming which is pretty cool that's i mean we're that is step number one and then step number two they seemingly now believe in god so i trump pulled off a couple of uh a couple of high hurdles there and you give him some credit for that i guess not all patriotism is is equal we're learning and this is of course true if you go to these festivals over the fourth of july you, you have a you have a variance Sometimes the fireworks, not so good. Sometimes the bands that are there, eh, a little mediocre. Sometimes you kind of wish you were anywhere else. I know I'm, on New Year's Eve, I'm always happy to be in bed by like 10 p.m. Because I live life like uh, I you know, live in an assisted living home. That's kind of like where I want to be in life. People are like, oh, people have to go in these assisted living homes. I'm like, how do I get into one? How old do I have to be? This sounds amazing assisted living life is hard i want to be assisted but i want to be in bed basically as early as possible so these festivals you know i'm i'm not you know i'm not a parade guy i i you know there's something about parades uh that are not interesting to me you know if you notice what they are essentially it's just a bunch of people walking down the street hey the cars used to be there now there's people that's not dynamic to me that's not dynamic entertainment I'd rather go another direction. And then you usually have some singer who tries to do some patriotic song. And, you know, it's not always great. Let's be honest about it. We've seen some of these national anthems get butchered before. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can step into it when you're trying to be patriotic. Most people appreciate the patriotism. You know, unless you're Colin Kaepernick, you kind of like the flag, you kind of like what America stands for. Unless you happen to be on a Democratic debate stage, you don't think the country is entirely evil. So, you know, someone's trying to make an effort at the national anthem, you you give them a break, right? You typically you're going to give them a break. But sometimes it, it does step over that line. I mean, if you go back, you know, a long time in history, here's... Here's an American hero, really, an American sports hero, a guy who won a gold medal you know, in the Olympics, multiple gold medals, Carl Lewis. If you remember this, uh, here's Carl Lewis attempting the national anthem. All right, are we all ready? Hmm. Sure are. Here we go. Okay. Oh. Okay, all right. Little bit pitchy. Oh, say, can you see? And the rockets. Red ah, ah, uh oh. No. I'll make up for it now. Okay. He's going to make keep uh, here. For the land of the free. All right. Don't even try it. That's a good, that's the good thing, by the way. When you're singing these songs and you realize you're not going to do it, don't try that last high note. 
go down on it as if that you were making an artistic choice. That's the way to do it. But again, like Carl Lewis, he's an athlete, a great athlete, and really a legitimate American hero at that time. And it was a little bit rough, but okay. That is like the guy, there's a few different ways to screw this up. Number one is guy who can't sing. That person should not get the job in the first place. I blame the arena. Okay, if you can't sing, you shouldn't be out there singing the national anthem. Okay. Then you also have the, the classic oversing. Now this comes uh, kind of specifically from a type of person who really can sing, but thinks for some reason the national anthem's about them, so they have to oversing so much and go so crazy with it to like, I don't know, show their vocal abilities that it just does not work at all. This is Cat uh, DeLuna. Listen to this. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight <laughs> oh, the ramparts we watch mm-hmm. Again, like, she sounds relatively good. You get into that voice is a little bit overdone. <laughs> it's like when you when you're like trying to embarrass your kids and you kind of oversing the song. She kind of sounded like that, except she has some ability, obviously. Then you have the people who just remix it too much. Like the song is the song. Okay? I don't know what they're trying to do by remixing it and changing it up to some ridiculous level where it's almost unrecognizable. I don't know why you do that. It's the national anthem. Sing the song. You know, you really don't need to remix it. Now, you look at the candidates on stage at a debate and you realize maybe they do want to remix what this country is. I don't even know if they want the lyrics to be the same. They want to completely go overboard. But here's uh, R. Kelly and he decided to go with such a ridiculous remix version of it. It was almost unrecognizable. Listen. Oh, I mean, does anyone like that? That's like when you go to concerts and, and you know, the bands do this all the time. You have a couple different kinds of bands. You have bands where people are really into them and they have this big following and they, you know, people follow them around the country and they sell out tours for decades. Those people go deep into album cuts. They, they occasionally want a different version of the whatever hit song the band is responsible for. Then you have those bands that have like, it's like Smash Mouth. If Smash Mouth has like, you know, two hits, if they come out and do a concert, it, like, you know, with, a, with violin and acoustics, you're not going to, I mean, you're there for the two, you want All-Star. Just sing All-Star like All-Star was on, on when you sang the All-Star. That Do that. That's what you want. And the National Anthem, I think, falls into the category of just play the song like the song is. Can we not get that out of these artists? But that's what you have. You have, the, you have kind of the person who can't sing. Then you have the person who oversings. Then you have the person who remixes. Then you have the person who kind of combines all of this into one version where they're over-singing it and, you know, they, they're kind of trying to be too clever. And I, you question at times whether they can actually sing at all. 
Here's Fergie from 2018. The I mean, she can sing a little bit, right? What is Prue? Oh, the NBA players are trying so hard not to laugh. Oh, here we go. Big finale. part of this one and this is one that if you didn't see it in video form let's play some oh yeah there we go let's play some basketball the best part about that one is first of all the visuals are fantastic in that all the nba players are trying so hard not to laugh and the, the i will say the mean cameramen at espn who kept pointing the cameras at them the, the appropriate thing to do in this moment was to point the cameras at the floor and just hope that no one noticed but Fergie's trying to belt this thing out, and she is way over singing it. And she's got some bizarre version. And the best part about that is just how much she thinks she's nailed it at the end. She is completely convinced this is like a historic performance of the national anthem that everyone's going to remember. And on that point, she's right. People do remember it. Perhaps for other reasons. I that one is 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 rough to watch, but uh, it's rough to hear as well. And then you have the classic, and I don't know why this one still occurs. The words to the national anthem are written down in several places. You can get them on the internet. You can write them down in advance. You can get a teleprompter. You can do all sorts of things to remember the words. And so often people forget the words. Now this particular version, I will. I will give a little bit of a break to because I think she's Canadian. She's singing at a hockey game and she's got to belt out both of them because you got to do O Canada at the hockey game as well. And if you think of yourself right now, when we go to commercial next time, think we'd take a moment and try to sing O Canada without looking at the lyrics. You're going to kind of know, oh, Canada, my good and cold land through... Or North. You're not going to know the words. You're going to kind of maybe remember it. Maybe you, you watched a hockey game and you kind of remember them singing it. You went, to, you, you went to a Blue Jays game at some point or a Raptors game. It's possible you kind of know the tune. But you can give a little bit of a break here. But here is uh, from, a, from a hockey game an attempt at what is known as the U.S. National Anthem. 
At the twilight's leverest gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars knew the perilous mm -hmm. okay. night. Perilous night, yep. Mm -hmm. Or, uh-oh. It's some, some mm. the, the perilous night, though. We, that, we, okay, yeah, sorry. yeah, that's a good place to go. Yep. Yes, there, that's part of it. <laughs> yes. And the dawn lights still leaving. Mm -hmm, yeah. And the night there we go. Uh oh. Ah, got that one. And the man was still there. there. Yes, that's right. Get this part. There we go. People know the end. People always know the end. And that's why it's a great song. Because if you can remember any part of it, it's the last couple of lines that you can kind of kind of nail right at the end of it. That, again, she's Canadian. I mean, how, what, what does she care? I don't care about O Canada, do you? I mean, I certainly don't. They're fine people, but I don't need to know the words of their songs. I just would like them to be written down if I'm singing it in front of 20,000 people. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Every two seconds, there's a victim of identity theft, which means a criminal could be spending your money, applying for loans in your name, even damaging your credit, the good credit you've worked so hard to build. Fortunately, you could miss certain threats to your identity just by checking bank statements or monitoring your credit. That's why it's a good thing there is LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to detect and alert you to a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if you do have an issue involving identity theft, one of LifeLock's identity restoration specialists will work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you get identity theft protection and additional features to help protect your devices against cyber threats. Starting at the already discounted price of $9.99 a month, plus an extra 10% off your first year just go to lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter the promo code back promo code back 10% off 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com so california had an earthquake yesterday pretty big one uh, 6.4 or 6.6 was it on the richter sale uh did not luckily hit a highly uh, populated area so uh it was felt in a lot of highly populated areas but did not cause tons of damage i want to direct you though to this uh, clip from fox sports one colin coward in the middle of a broadcast, the uh, the actual earthquake happens. And this is a professional broadcaster right here. This is how you do it. Colin Coward in the middle of the broadcast as he gets hit by an earthquake. They were 1-6 against winning teams last year. And suddenly they think OBJ and Olivier Vernon. Uh, we are having an earthquake right now. Yeah, we are mm -hmm. having an earthquake In Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, yeah, pretty big. That was about 
10 seconds of an earthquake in Los Angeles. I, I honestly, don't think it's done. Uh, I thought somebody was going to, I thought somebody was grabbing my desk. I've never been in an earthquake. Certainly not on the air. Uh, we'll take a break. <laughs> we just, we just had a little earthquake. Not that little. Nope. I get cut off at the end there. Uh, cause he goes into a live spot. He actually, in the middle of the earthquake, gets right into the live spot at the end. That's solid work. That is how you do it. Colin Cowherd, nice work. Uh, in the middle of an earthquake, keeping everything together. Uh, we come back in just a couple of minutes. We have a, a history lesson for Colin Kaepernick, who apparently is learning now about Frederick Douglass. And isn't that just wonderful? American history on display from the Nike spokesperson. Coming up. Thanks, Jason. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of interesting stuff coming up, including this new Colin Kaepernick thing with Frederick Douglass that you're going to adore. Uh, but first, I'll tell you about American financing. If you have a large chunk of your monthly budget going towards credit card bills, you are not alone and you're not stuck with it either. Uh, if you call American financing and consolidate the debt with the lowest interest rate possible, it's, it's really likely that you're going to wind up saving a bunch of money. Uh, and you're going to be able to get that into one easy payment. Uh, we're talking about mortgage refinancing here. Uh, mortgage rates are the lowest they've been in over a year and really historically low. And credit card charges are obviously incredibly high. I mean, double-digit rates, uh, it can go up. And, and of course, they jack them up with fees and everything else. With American Financing, you get straightforward and effortless mortgage experiences. And you know what? It's a 10-minute call. It's all it takes to start. Find out if you if this is going to work for you. Uh, they put your needs first. It's a simple conversation around a better loan program that can offer greater overall savings. American Financing is a company I've been talking about for a very long time, as has Glenn. Uh, I've dealt with them with my mortgage. Glenn uh, did with his as well. Uh, it's, it's a great place to go when you're ready to refinance. You'll work with a salary-based mortgage consultant that's not out for the banks. They're out for you without resetting your mortgage. What are you waiting for? Give them a call uh, right now or visit AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. We come back in just a moment with a very mediocre quarterback with a very mediocre understanding of history. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A lot of times it's best to stick with what you do. A lot of times it's one of those things where maybe you step out and you say, I'm not going to go out on this limb at all. The problem with Colin Kaepernick is what he did was play football and he did that poorly. So he's trying something else. He's trying to be an activist, some sort of racial activist. And he tried to teach us all the lesson about the 4th of July. And it did not work out very well. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, who apparently has a better vacation schedule than I do. That's what I'll tell you until I'm out next week. We'll go into Colin Kaepernick here in just a moment after we hear from our friend Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. Wi-Fi is spelled W-I-F-I. Unfortunately, for many people, it also spells TMI, as in too much information. Because Wi-Fi, whether public or right in your own home, even if it's password protected, isn't always private. Cyber criminals can use Wi-Fi to steal information that you send and receive while online, whether that's credit card numbers, account login information, or your social security number. To help put a stop to TMI on Wi-Fi, you need Norton Secure VPN. 
Norton Secure, a virtual private network. Norton Secure VPN starts at $3.33 a month with an annual subscription, so go to Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Don't let Wi-Fi, public, or in your home mean TMI. Get Norton Secure VPN ASAP. Protection starts at less than 4 bucks a month. Terms do apply. Norton.com slash VPN. So let me start with this. What the hell is going on? Honestly, what is going on? Since when is the Betsy Ross flag controversial? Since when? What, is, what the hell is going on? Because Colin Kaepernick, a quarterback who's not even notable for his football ability, is supposedly now dictating what is... What is controversial and what is not? Has anyone ever seen the Betsy Ross flag used in a way uh, that was negative? Used in a, in a way where we're talking about you know uh, white nationalists. Has anyone ever seen that? It's a strange thing, if true, because Barack Obama hung it behind himself during his 2013 inauguration after he won against Romney. His big celebration, hey, I'm going to be president for another four years. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to love it. By the way, there's Betsy Ross's flag behind me. And now we're supposed to believe that this is some controversial white supremacist symbol? What the hell is going on? Why are we accepting these things? Wait, first of all, we're, people are getting fired because they're giving the OK symbol at the camera. And that's apparently some sort of white supremacy uh, statement. And we're just supposed to accept that. As if we just didn't all do the okay thing our entire lives. And now all of a sudden we have to remember not to do it. Because if you do, that means you're a white supremacist. And now the Betsy Ross flag? If anything, the Betsy Ross flag was more of a sign of American feminism. It's about what an important role that not only white evil men had in our founding, but also women. And now we're supposed to step back and say, oh, well, you know what? That, that thing's evil. I mean, think about it. It, it. Barack Obama in 2013, here we are in 2019, and all of a sudden, you're not, you're not allowed to use the Betsy Ross flag? What kind of nonsense are we accepting in this country? I, I, I mean, seriously... This just this stuff just happens, and we just kind of sit back and go, wow, that's weird. It's weird how they said this was a great symbol a couple of years ago, and now they're saying the opposite. And it really isn't even a couple of years. How fast has this gone? You have a situation where, yeah, in 2013, Barack Obama talked about it. It's always been a positive symbol for America. But we've gone from, you know what, Colin Kaepernick decided it was not good immediately to Nike saying, wow, Colin, you're right. Let's pull all these shoes off the shelf and destroy all of them. Then immediately from there to everyone just kind of accepting it. Now we're to the point where candidates are like, yeah, I can't believe it. The Betsy Ross flag, I'm, I'm glad that's gone. 
Listen to Julian Castro talk about the flag. Again, this is a symbol that was embraced by everybody as of like yesterday. And now because this guy who it wasn't even an accurate passer gets to dictate our national policy on flag etiquette. Here's Julian Castro who's running for president if you don't know. Yeah, well, you know, and I was glad to see that. And um, the Nike ban. My hope is that that they didn't just do it to do it; that they understand the significance there. What significance? And look, there are a lot of things in our history that are still very painful. Sure, there are. But why is the that? The Confederate one? flag that still flies okay, in some flag, places, sure. mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and is used as a symbol. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe that we need to move toward an inclusive America inclusive. that understands that pain, mm-hmm. that doesn't wipe it away from history in the sense that it still belongs in a museum or we need to read about it and what understand are, the significance. Wait, because that's how you learn and make sure that we don't make the same mistakes in the future, mm-hmm. but does not glorify it, does not celebrate it. We don't celebrate the Betsy Ross. You're the. This is Julian Castro. This is a man who served in Obama's cabinet he was the hud secretary this guy is saying i guess his former boss who was black is a racist what what hurtful history is there of the betsy ross flag the fact that we point out that there are american heroes of this founding uh that were that are of our history that were women this is a, this is supposed to be a positive thing And it was a positive thing until Colin Kaepernick was able to derail it. And now what you're going to have is make it a self-fulfilling prophecy because the trolls who are on the alt-right or white supremacists or whatever are going to start using it. And then it really will need to be in a museum. At least according to them. No one wants to fight for these things anymore. No one wants the tough battle. No one wants the tough road. No one wants to have to say, well, I disagree with Colin Kaepernick. I don't know. Has anyone noticed? He's a moron. Nobody wants, Nike can't do that. They can, they can come and tell us how evil we are. They can tell half of America how terrible they are, how terrible their policies are, corporate responsibility, blah, blah, blah. They certainly have their own set of problems, as, as we've seen over the years. But we went from, hey, this is, uh, this is totally fine to Colin Kaepernick saying it's no longer fine, to now Nike saying, of course it's no longer fine, to people who are running for president saying, thank God, hopefully someday soon that will just be in a museum. So we know about our evil, dark history. What evil, dark history when it comes to this flag? It has never symbolized anything of the sort. And I think one of the things, and and Charles C.W. Cook does a good job uh, pointing this out for National Review, it's not just how fast this has happened. It's that there hasn't even been an argument as to why it's happened. There isn't even the thing where you're saying, well, we, you know, we, we think this, you know, well, represented a time where things were bad and, and, and that's why we now think it's bad. They can't even come up with one. We talk about this all the time. It's like if someone dies, you don't want to just, just tell them they're dead. It's like, hey, so, hey, uh, hey, uh, what's up, brother? Uh, sorry, mom's dead. You don't, do, you don't break it to them like that. You say, hey, uh, look, mom's sick. Hold on, I'll call you back in five minutes. Ah, she's dead. You have to have some level of escalation there. Bring people along on the argument. This has been instantaneous. Beto O'Rourke. Now look, no one's going to Beto O'Rourke for his intellect, but he said, I think it's really important to take into account the impression that kind of symbol would have for many of our fellow Americans. Respect the decision. 
Nike made, I respect the decision Nike made and I'm grateful for the conversation. I think it's really important to take into account the impression that that kind of symbol would have. What? Look, there's no impression there. People's impression of the Betsy Ross flag is it was an American symbol. If, if if they knew anything about it, they said it's a way to honor women from our early years. That's it. And now all of a sudden, it's it's completely crazy to have that flag flying. Here's Frederica Wilson. Uh... Uh, it's, uh, you know, something. Let me go to, sorry, the wrong one here. Let's go to Michael Eric Dyson. Michael Eric Dyson talking about this. Listen. The left is responding. They're saying this flag is problematic. They're giving their interpretation. It's similar to what the Confederacy has done. They lost the war, but they won the battle of interpretation. This is waging a war of what? interpretation on the landscape of American popular culture for the collective mindset of America. And people have their right to, to weigh in as they choose. But the reality is that this flag has represented something that if people want to reclaim it, then do so. It's like the argument about the statues. The statues are there for education. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I don't hear people talking about Robert Lee, Robert E. Lee as a moment of educating us about the viciousness of white supremacy. So were that to occur, it would be great. It just that doesn't happen. What about the argument that some have made, um, this is PC culture run amok, if you will. If Nike wants to put this flag on their shoe, why are people so upset about it? Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, words matter, symbols matter, too. Why don't we wear a swastika for July 4th? Great I don't point. Know. It, makes, it makes a difference. Great the point. The cross burning on somebody's lawn. Why don't we just have a Nike, mm, cr- you know, yeah. celebration of the cross? Well, because it's, those mm-hmm. those Same symbols thing. are symbols of hate. So we can take PC oh culture back. It's amazing to me the people who cry the loudest about PC are the ones who didn't show up when the, the fence first occurred, who, who didn't defend the people who were victims of white supremacy or racism or sexism or misogyny, but now pop up. <sighs> and say, hey, let's not be too PC. If you ain't All right, the I battle. can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. Look, if this is, first of all, the Confederacy won the battle of symbolism. We can't even put, we can't even air episodes of the Dukes of Hazard anymore. What, what are you talking about? Confederacy uh, does, did not win the messaging battle. That was not something that occurred. What, where are these people coming from? And the idea that you're going to compare the Betsy Ross flag to the swastika and burning crosses We are at a point where people aren't even trying to make sense. There is not even the outside effort to attempt to try to make a logical argument anymore. It's just spouting words. This is only an insane civilization would allow someone like Colin Kaepernick to dictate what its standards are. And we are part, apparently, of that insane civilization now. I'm not. I hope you're not either, because I can't take it. 888-727-BECK is our phone number. We're back with more about our history. And this part of our history is fascinating. Because we are now trying to remake yet another historical figure into something they were not. Back in a second. Listening to Glenn Beck. If you experience pain on a daily basis, I know exactly how you feel. It can be debilitating. It can control your life. The aches are easy to understand. When it really hurts to do the basic chores emotionally, the effects of pain can be just as dramatic. I have spoken to so many people in this audience that have started to take Relief Factor. The change emotionally is as dramatic as the physical relief, maybe even more. As you might know, Tanya and I started taking Relief Factor several months ago. After about 10 days, subtle changes started to be 
become significant. And I've been able to stop taking all prescription pain medications, all pain medications entirely, and stop the terrible side effects of those awful drugs. Many on my team here at The Blaze are faithful takers of the 100% drug-free relief factor, and we have had great success in taking our lives back. Try it. Get a three-week quick start package for only $19.95. Take it as directed. That's less than a dollar per day. And if it works on you like it has with me, you're going to get your life back. ReliefFactor.com. The world has gone completely insane. Uh, Colin Kaepernick tweets this uh, to celebrate the 4th of July. He says, uh, quote, what have I or those I represent to do with your national independence? This 4th of July is yours, not mine. There's not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than there are than are the people of the United States at this very hour. That's from Frederick Douglass and a powerful moment from Colin Kaepernick, who has, I would say, even less knowledge of our history than he had of opposing defenses. That is, and that is a statement and a half. What else did uh, what else did Frederick Douglass say in this exact speech he's quoting from? He said, "Quote: Allow me to say, in conclusion, notwithstanding the dark picture I have to this day presented of the state of the nation, I do not despair of this country. There are forces in operation which must inevitably work the downfall of slavery." The arm of the Lord is not shortened, and the doom of slavery is certain. I therefore leave off where I began with hope, while drawing encouragement from the Declaration of Independence, the great principles it contains, and the genius of American institutions. Doesn't sound like Colin Kaepernick anymore, does it? My spirit is also cheered by the obvious tendencies of the age. Uh, if you go and read the entire thing, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Frederick Douglass also went on to say, uh, you know, now take the Constitution according to its plain reading, and I defy the presentation of a single pro-slavery clause in it. On the other hand, it will be found to contain principles and purposes entirely hostile to the existence of slavery. It's kind of a big deal, a little different than what Colin Kaepernick would say, but again, we've given him now the power to apparently ban the flag from shoes and we're seeing this all over the country taking things that were one way we all understood and agreed they were one way and now just reworking them if it's not postmodernism, it's something very close to it in charlottesville they're now no longer going to celebrate thomas jefferson's birthday as an official city holiday and will instead observe a day recognizing the emancipation of enslaved african-americans City Council voted uh, to scrap the decades-old April 13th holiday honoring the slave-holding president, as the way the article is written, the slave-holding president and founding father. Charlottesville will now uh, mark Liberation and Freedom Day on March 3rd, the day uh, U.S. Army forces arrived in the city in 1865. Again, we've talked about this before, and if you want to see this document, uh, and it's it, one of the original engravings of it, for reals, like in person, kind of thing you can come here to texas and view it as part of the mercury museum that's going on right now 12 score and three years ago it's going on all weekend if you happen to be in texas you can make it down you still got a few days to see it uh there's still some tickets available for this weekend you can go to mercury1.org 
mercuryone.org because you can come here and see the first draft of the Declaration of Independence. And if you see it, it's more powerful than hearing it because you can see what was prioritized by Jefferson. He wrote things in big capital letters. He, you can see his handwriting change in the actual document. And the, if you don't know the story, the first decla- uh, draft of the Declaration of Independence, written by Jefferson, uh, it was not uh, approved. They had to have it to be unanimous. There's two states, I believe it was, two states that opposed this language. And this language is completely anti-slavery. There's a lot of weird restrictions and some personal failings by some of our founders, including Jefferson, on some of the stuff. There's also some legal restrictions as to why he held slaves and could not release them after he died, blah, blah, blah. Probably heard all those arguments before, but you may not have heard this because this one is one never gets any press. But you can come here and see the actual document. Here's what he wrote. He's talking about the king and he's like, hey, you know what? This king kind of sucks and I'm not a big fan of him. And I think we should like break away and do our own thing. And he says a bunch of other reasons. Hey, this, you know, he's, he's screwed us over in this many ways. As Glenn's described it before, it's, it's one of the best uh, breakup letters you'll ever read. But he, he says this about the king. Jefferson, this is Ken, this guy that is now losing holidays, we're told is evil. He says, the king has waged cruel war against human nature itself, violating its most sacred rights of life and liberty in the pursuits of a distant people who never offended him. Who is that distant people? Well, they're slaves. He's talking about how bad it is, a, a violation of human nature that he went and, and took slaves, people who never offended him in a distant land, captivating and carrying them into slavery, so you know I'm not lying, into slavery in another hemisphere. They took him across the world or to incur miserable death uh, in their transportation. So not only uh, are, were they going to be slaves, but the accommodation sucked. And Jefferson was pissed off about that. This warfare is the warfare of the Christian king of Great Britain. And Christian is capitalized to, in case you're a moron, and there's a lot of people who are on Twitter that are morons and can't detect sarcasm. He's not praising him as a Christian king. He's saying, this guy's Christian? Really? Is he? Because he's not doing a lot of Christian stuff. He says he's Christian, but he's imprisoning people, taking them, killing half of them as they come across the ocean, and then enslaving them in the United States? That's cool. In fact, it wasn't really the United States at that point, but you understand what I'm saying. He was determined, the king, again, as Jefferson writes, the king was determined to keep open a market where men should be bought and sold. Does this guy seem like he's pro-slavery? And again, men is capitalized. Men is emphasized. Why? Because he was telling you men, slaves were men. They weren't just property. He wants to keep open a market where men should be bought and sold. He has prostituted his negative for suppressing every legislative attempt to prohibit or to restrain this commerce. He is saying there, the king's tried to stop us. We've tried to pass laws to stop slavery, and the king overrules us. That's wrong, and that's one of the reasons why we want to become independent. And now he's exciting those very people to rise in arms among us and to purchase that liberty of which he has deprived them, paying off former crimes committed against the liberties of one people with crimes he urges them to commit against the lies of another. TJ was no, he was not an enthusiastic slave guy, okay? Uh, it's pretty clear by his writings 
And the fact that he was stopped by other states is part of history. It's a horrible part of history. The fact that slavery existed in this country sucks. But you can get the real facts about it. What really happened? Who were the real heroes? Uh, at the Mercury One Museum. Again, it's mercuryone.org. Mercuryone.org. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Well, it's July 4th, which means summer is heating up. And luckily, Blinds.com is here to help you beat the heat with up to 50% off everything right now. Here's what Tasha in Oklahoma has to say about her new blind. She said, I love them. They're gorgeous. They're easy to install. We have found the best deal for our windows. Blinds.com, it's exactly what we were looking for. I've told all my family and friends about Blinds.com, and we will definitely order more down the road. Blinds.com is the number one online choice for affordable, quality, custom window coverings, and their award-winning design consultants are with you every step of the way. Plus, every order gets free online design consultation, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to Blinds.com right now and save up to 50% on everything. Plus, save an extra $20 this July 4th with promo code BACK. Save up to 50% on everything. Plus, save an extra $20 with the promo code BACK. Blinds.com, promo code BACK. Rules and restrictions do apply. Glenn Beck, an oasis of sanity in the postmodern wilderness. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Glenn back on Monday. He's uh, helping clean out the inner core at Chernobyl right now, but he'll be back uh, next week. Um, we're talking a little bit about sort of the way we look at history and the things that we get wrong about it constantly. Colin Kaepernick is an easy example, but he's not the only one. I will say this. Is, is, can I do Abraham Lincoln criticism on this network? I know we've worked closely with the Lincoln Museum. They're hand-in-hand hand with the Mercury Museum here. Uh, tons of really interesting stuff. Uh, and that's happening here in Texas, mercuryone.org. You can get your tickets. But, I mean, can we do that? Is that, I, that feels like it's off limits to criticize Lincoln. But let me at least, let me at least give you this. The Gettysburg Address, one of the most famous speeches of all time, right? I mean, this was it. This was this is the big one. This is Lincoln's big thing, right? If you're going to say outside of, I don't know, freeing the slaves, which is kind of another big thing, you're going to say the Gettysburg Address is sort of the big speech of his administration. But the most famous line in the speech is actually completely wrong. I mean, he just basically blew it completely. The most famous line in the speech is this. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Well, everyone forgets what they did here. They only remember what he said. He's actually completely wrong on that. The world did little note and did remember what they said there, but it totally forgets what they did there. He's got it completely wrong. It's just a shame. It's just a shame. This is what happens when we forget about history. And we forget about it, I, I feel like now in real time, these things, these events happen and, and we go into immediately the mode of just changing what they actually stand for, what, what actually occurred. It's impossible these days to actually figure out what the facts are. I mean, you, you, you wind up uh, seeing half the country stand for something and those words are being erased online because, well, the tech companies have decided they don't think those are the appropriate opinions. How, how does a history, how does history look back at this period when the people who opposed 
the values that big tech stand for. How do they even get noted in history? Does that even happen? And a lot of this is just sloppiness. Like I was at a July 4th festival, and this probably happened at your festival too, if you're watching the fireworks. One thing that is likely to happen during the big celebration of America is at some point you will hear Pink Houses by John Cougar Mellencamp. I like to call him John Cougar because I feel like it annoys him. But he was John Cougar, then John Cougar Mellencamp, then John Mellencamp. I don't know what he is today. Probably in an assisted living facility. I'm not sure. But John Mellencamp has this song, Pink Houses, and it's, it's, you know, the chorus is, Ain't That America for You and Me? Ain't That America Something to See, Baby? Ain't That America Home of the Free? Little Pink Houses for You and Me. Ah, it's wonderful. It's a pro-America song. It's not a pro-America song. It's a song that is basically telling you America sucks. And we're kind of just too stupid to realize it. Like, that's kind of the point of the song. Like, we think we have it good, but honestly, it pretty much sucks. I mean, listen to this. This is, this is how it goes. There's a black man with a black cat living in a black neighborhood. He's got an interstate running through his front yard. You know, he thinks he's got it so good. So he's in this community where I you know, white people don't want to live because it's so terrible. And he's got an interstate running through his front yard, which if you know anything about eminent domain, if there's an interstate running through your front yard, it's no longer your front yard. They've taken it. Now, I might look at that and say, He's got easy access to highways, and he can get around really easily. But that's not the way John Mellencamp means it. Then he says, and, and there's a woman in the kitchen cleaning up the evening slop. I, does this sound appetizing? And he looks at her. So the guy, the black guy in the black neighborhood with black cat with the interstate for a front yard, he looks at the woman in the kitchen, which I, par- I would assume is his wife, but they're not exactly clear about that. And he looks at her and he says, hey, darling, I can remember when you could stop a clock. In other words, you're currently ugly. You're currently just a hideous Gila monster. And I remember when you could stop a clock, meaning like, you know, everyone would stop and look at you. Even a clock would stop to look at you. That's what that that phrase means. No, you are now just this hideous monster that I am forced to look at as cars zoom by at like 80 miles an hour in my front yard. Now, this is not... I am no relationship expert here. But my guess is perhaps some of the problems you're dealing with have to do with the idea that you think you could just say that to your wife. It's a terrible idea. Hey, honey, I remember you used to be beautiful, but now, oof. What happened? Gravity always wins. Hey, you believe that, honey? I tell you, you got that one nailed. Really, we're going to... I mean, that could be a real part, you know, part of the relationship issue there. And then it goes into, oh, but they ain't that America for you and me. Ain't that America something to see. Ain't that America home of the free. This is like sarcasm. It's sarcasm. It's, it's a sarcastic sort of take. Ah, oh, I guess that's America. Well, what's America? A guy lives in a crappy neighborhood where white people don't want to go, and he's basically calling his wife a fat slob every day. That's, that's not the America that I know. I hope that's not the one you know. Then there's a young man in a t-shirt listening to a rock and roll station. 
He's got greasy hair and a greasy smile. And he says, Lord, this must be my destination. And so his destination is listening to music in a t-shirt and he has a greasy hair and a greasy smile. It's not exactly uplifting, but you know, okay, this is it. He's basically saying, you know, look, this is my life. Goes on to say, because uh, they told me uh, when I was younger, boy, you're going to be president. But like everything else, those old crazy dreams just kind of came and went. This is the uplifting song that that we watch fireworks to and, and eat snow cones. This is the vision of America that we want people to know about. Now, look, not everybody gets to be president, but we are in a society where the last two presidents, let me highlight them for you, a guy born in Hawaii who lived overseas most of his childhood, uh, then came back here, kind of came out of nowhere as a community organizer, was in the Senate for like nine days, and then became president for two terms. And then the next guy was a reality show star and a businessman who has absolutely no political experience whatsoever except threatening to run multiple times. And now he's president of the United States. And by the way, president during a time of a 3.7% unemployment rate that came out today. Another 224,000 or 244,000 jobs. A good day for the economy. It's kind of the side point here, though. You know, there are, there are a lot of good possibilities. Not every person can be president. Not every person's going to be successful. And as we look at this, and this happens over and over again when people criticize America, the follow-up question always must be asked. As compared to what? As compared to what? You can compare the United States to some nirvana that has never before been seen on Earth and really find some things you're not happy with. But when you compare it to other countries... When you compare it to every other place on earth in history, it's pretty great. It's pretty freaking great. Now, as you're sitting there on your little, your little blanket in the grass, watching the fireworks go off, eating a snow cone, you then hear this. Well, there's people and more people. What do they know? They go to work in some high rise and vacation down in the Gulf of Mexico. And there's winners and there's losers, but they ain't no big deal. Because the simple man, baby, pays for the thrills, the bills, the pills that kill. This is the inspiring patriotic anthem we're supposed to take in every July 4th? Really? So, again, you know, people go and they, they work their lives, and I guess they take a vacation every once in a while or whatever crappy thing they're working for. And, you know, some people win and some people lose. But the idea is you go, you earn your money, and then you eventually pay the evil pharmaceutical companies to come kill you. That's America. Ain't that America? Is it? Because I, I will say, uh, no, I'm gonna, I don't think that that is the, the America that we've had for a long time. It's amazing to see that, you know, this system that we've kind of, you know, look, you and I basically lucked into, right? You know, this, this, we fought for it, sure, but, you know, people implemented it a long time ago. And this system has pulled billions of people out of poverty, not just here, but around the world. A person at our poverty line is richer than about 85% of the rest of the, of the world. Think about that. 
you know, poverty is an issue in this place, just like it is in every place that's ever been. There's always been poverty. There's some really famous books, if you go back and look at the, you know, a long time ago, even before the founding, that'll tell you there'll always be people who are poor. And particularly when you're talking about comparatively, there will always be people who have less than other people. Maybe we'll have time to get into this today. The New York Times did a, uh, you know, a, a video about how bad America is, of course. It's not that great. I mean, you know, in America, people like the Kardashians can have private fi- uh, firefighters to fight off their fires. It's like, well, <laughs> look, every society on earth that has something the equi- that's the equivalent to the Kardashians, they all have nicer things than, than other- everybody else. That's the way it works. You think Kim Jong-un in a, in a place that's implemented full-out communism doesn't have nice things? He does. People who have the stuff live their nice lives. But how about the rest of the people? A person at our poverty line is likely wealthier than every single person in North Korea that isn't in the government. How about that? Cuba. Go down there. When the Kardashians went to Cuba... <laughs> now, yes, I did see this episode. But I mean, I will say, to defend myself, my wife watches it, and it's her fault. But she's watching the Kardashians go down uh, to, to Cuba, and their analysis of the situation is, wow, it's so cool because it's like so quaint. It's like totally retro. That wasn't intentional. Kim, Chloe, Kendall, Carson, Coco, whatever Kardashian it was who said that. I think it was Coco Kardashian. Coco Kardashian said, look, this is like retro. It's great. It's like, well, they didn't keep the cars from the 50s because they didn't want, you know, CD players and MP3 players and, uh, and Bluetooth. They kept them because they couldn't do anything else. It was a disastrous country run by a disastrous family who destroyed what was a proud and wealthy nation at one time. We're seeing the same thing in Venezuela right now. Sorry out today that they have, in the last 18 months... Special action forces in Venezuela, people call them death squads. They've killed 5,287 people. 5,287 people. That was just last year. Another 1,569 so far this year. 9,000 killings for, quote, resistance to authority. This country's a little bit better than I think we give it credit for sometimes. And we're not perfect. Nobody's claiming that we are. But we are a country that has done a lot, not only for its own citizens, but for the, the rest of the world. You know, you try doing that universal health care thing over in Europe without the innovations from the United States. It's not going to work out very well. It's not even working out well with the innovations of the United States. The fact that we've given you all these medications and all these amazing technological developments that people in the United States paid for, that they discovered that, uh, that we're responsible for. And these other countries are like, cool, import them. And we'll give away health care for free. Quote, unquote, free. That's a wonderful situation. It's, it's nice work if you can get it. But someone's got to do the hard work of actually developing these things. Someone has to do the hard work of making a system that frees people. And I'm glad the rest of the world takes advantage of it. I'm glad. I'm glad that people live longer and, and benefit from these things. But let's not, rec- let's not forget where these things came from. A divinely inspired country 
that you can't summarize by saying there's an interstate in somebody's front yard. So next year, can you please talk to your town and say no, no pink houses and no born in the USA? Give me the Lee Greenwood. I know it's coming anyway. We'll go Lee Greenwood all day, but no pink houses, no born in the USA. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. By the way, you can say our healthcare system sucks all you want, but at least you're not Mohammed Farkhan. Mohammed Farkhan, 20 years old, was in an accident in India, and it was pretty sad. He was unconscious for about a month, and he got, uh, he had no, his family kind of ran out of money, could not pay for care, and he was pronounced dead. Um, one little addendum to the story, he was at his burial ceremony, and he, and he woke up. <clears throat> Apparently, hospital, <laughs> like, eh, I can't pay for it anymore, just bury him. And unfortunately, the guy started moving before they got him under the dirt. Uh, So now he's back in the hospital uh, on ventilator support, apparently still alive and holding on for the moment. We'll give you any Furcon updates that come along. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Let's talk to you about Patriot Mobile. Uh, So many of us do feel frustrated and powerless. I mean, listen to the show today. If you didn't feel that way after some of this, I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking here. Um, if you watch politics, maybe even more, as you might know, Tanya and I started taking relief factor several months ago. After about 10 days, subtle changes started to become significant. And I've been able to stop taking all prescription pain medications, all pain medications entirely, and stop the terrible side effects of those awful drugs. Many on my team here at the blaze are faithful takers of the 100% drug free relief factor. And we have had great success in taking our lives back. Try it. Get a three week quick start package for only 1995. Take it as directed that's less than a dollar per day and if it works on you like it has with me you're going to get your life back relieffactor.com welcome to the uh, program i you know i'm just going through some of this border stuff and it is just bizarre this circus, uh, this performance that was put on by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others as they went to the border is just an embarrassment to the country. It really, it really is. She, uh, I mean, I, I just don't even know where to start with this. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as we know, went to, went to the border. Uh, she went through these facilities. She said she was physically and sexually threatened. She made all these accusations with no evidence to support them whatsoever. And the media pretty much just ran with them, just treated it as if they were reporting what she said without questioning it at all, which is interesting. Washington Examiner, Washington Examiner talked to people who were actually there. Um, one, uh, one witness who was there, um, stunned by the outburst, said she comes out screaming at our agents right at the beginning, crying and screaming and yelling. The agents, they wanted to respond, but they held back because she's a congressional delegate. But when you have someone yelling at you in a threatening manner, they were like, hey, you kind of need to step back. A second official said that when she was around the agents, Ocasio-Cortez commented at another point about an unofficial Border Patrol Facebook page that was exposed on Monday for offensive content. Uh, Something under her breath, she said something like, oh, all these guys in here are going to F me. The agents are standing there behind the computers. One of the agents laughed at something he was saying to another agent, and she got irate and flipped out. The second border agent uh, said, now they're under investigation for laughing. 
She took it as they were laughing at her and then screams at them and says, what's so funny? Now, I've seen inside these facilities, uh, this is what uh, Ocasio-Cortez wrote, it's not just the kids, it's everyone. People drinking out of toilets. Oh, God, we gotta get to that one. Officers laughing in front of members of Congress. Is laughing prohibited in front of a member of Congress? Is that something I missed in the Constitution? Is that, is, was there a law passed on that one? Are you not allowed to laugh in the presence of a congressperson? Man, this entitlement got there pretty fast for AOC. Here she is, a bartender, what, a year ago? And now she is so high up. I mean, she's to Barbara Streisand level. Can you look at her? Can you look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or will she be offended at that? You can't laugh in her presence? I hope some Republican congressman writes up a, a, a law and, uh, and decides to put it up for a vote. That outlaws laughing in the presence of Congress people. Because this is completely ridiculous. She says she brought it up to their superiors that they laughed. And the superiors said that officers are under stress and act out sometimes. No accountability for their laughing? Now, uh, the agent on the scene has talked about this toilet water. And I want to get to that in a second. But first, Frederica, Frederica Wilson's another representative. And if you think I'm joking about the idea that laughing in front of Congress is now a problem to people in Congress, here's Frederica to tell you all about it. Those people who are online making fun of members of Congress oh. are a disgrace. Okay. And there's no need for anyone to think that is unacceptable. We're going to shut them down and work with whoever it is to shut them down and they should be prosecuted. What? You cannot intimidate members of Congress, threaten members of Congress. It is against the law and it's a shame in this United States of America. Now, I, I do want to point out that that was not a voice of mine. So, so you're aware I didn't, it wasn't a fake voice. It was Frederica Wilson, actual congressperson, telling you that people need to be prosecuted for their jokes online. Now, she, she classifies them as threats. This is something we have to talk about. This comes from a ProPublica report, and the ProPublica report unearthed this hidden border security forum, a, a private Facebook group, if you're a member of any of those, where border agents apparently went to be irreverent they went there and they said pretty terrible things about a lot of people now i don't know if you've ever you know been online before but this is not a news story people say really bad things about public figures they say really bad things about their friends the entirety of online discourse is essentially a giant collection of insults that is what it is I don't know if we're really in the golden age of journalism, but man, does it feel like it when a group like ProPublica can come up with uh, people saying insulting things about Congress people. It certainly never happened to Donald Trump, right? You can't find any groups. We can find this being said by other Congress people about Donald Trump, let alone randos online. So supposedly they found this 
border security, border guard group with 9,500 members. Now, of course, they say, is, is this confirmed? Are they, border, are they border guards? Well, the thing about that is no. I mean, because basically you had to get a private invite. So I guess maybe at some point at the beginning, a border agent started this. But likely it's been shared out way outside of that circle by now when you get to 9,500 people. You probably needed to know someone who knew someone who knew someone who was a border agent. That's about the restrictions of this group. Some of them may very well be border agents, but like, are we really going to act like this? Are we really going to act as if, you know, people in uniform in difficult circumstances don't act out with dark humor? Have you ever watched a war movie? This is not a surprise. People... This happens all the time. Yes, people use dark humor. Yes, people are jerks online. Everybody knows this. One of them did threaten to throw a burrito at one of the Congress people. Now, I don't know if you would take that as a legitimate threat. First of all, burritos are delicious. And if someone throws one at you, there's at least a chance you're going to catch it. And that would make for a wonderful afternoon. But the idea that throwing a burrito is a giant threat. I mean, come on. Another person said, uh, uh, this is how they write it. ProPublica reported was apparently a patrol supervisor because you can't pose as something you're not online. That's never occurred. Uh, and and she, uh, that person wrote, F the hose. A third person, I mean, you always know when a news story is depending on one commenter said, you always know it's a crap heap of a story. Because you can find anyone on the internet that says anything. It's not hard. One person said, there should be no photo ops for these scum buckets. Now look, is that a nice thing to say to somebody? No. Probably not. Is it something that they should get prosecuted for? According to your Congress people, yes. Another was a photoshopped uh, picture of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doing something a little nasty. And yeah, you know, if this happens to you, of course you get upset about it. Are you excited that, you know, you know, because it certainly happened to myself. It certainly happened to Glenn where people take things and say terrible things about you. Political opponents, people who don't like you, they trash you. They say awful things. They say you should die. They say you should be killed. Like these are not. These are not rare occurrences, unfortunately. It's just part of it's part of it's part of life in the digital era. And you know who knows that? Everyone. Everyone on earth knows it. But we're all supposed to pretend as if this is exclusive to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and border agents. It's ridiculous. So what happened with the toilet water? Well, the toilet water, I mean, there was a complaint, a 17-year-old girl. Uh, She had crossed the Rio Grande. She said the only available drinking water came from the toilet tank in her holding cell. And we didn't know initially who said this. And we weren't sure if it actually was even said by someone. But apparently it was. 17-year-old girl crossed the border. Said the only available drinking water, quote, came from the toilet tank in her holding cell. Well, obviously that's wrong. And that's why it shouldn't have happened. In 2014. I don't 
think Trump was president. I mean, it, it, you know, look, the way the news cycle works right now, things feel at the times I get screwed up with the time sometimes. Maybe it feels like it's longer than it was, but I don't remember Donald Trump being president in 2014. I kind of remember a 2016 election and a 2017 inauguration. But in 2014, 116 kids said they were abused and mistreated in custody by the Border Patrol under Obama. They said that this girl uh, claimed that the only water she had from the, was the toilet tank. Ocasio-Cortez went on to say that she was uh, physically abused. One of the ways she described this was that a border agent took a stealth selfie with her as she was walking around, and Ocasio-Cortez was in the background, and he was smiling in the photo. Now, if that's not a harassment, I don't know what is. We do have one little update on whether a person actually did drink toilet water in 2019. And it's kind of interesting. What happened with the migrant and drinking water from the toilet? She wanted water. She didn't know how to use the faucet in the cell, and she drank from the toilet. She never told AOC that we made her drink from the toilet. AOC, of course, just changed it. This is an agent from the scene who was there. This, when she, the migrant, was apprehended and brought into the facility. That's when it happened. So she is saying that it did happen. And it was a, an operational problem where they didn't know how to work the sink. And it makes sense because the sink is attached to... You've seen the photos probably. The sink is attached to the toilet. Uh, it does seem like that could be... I mean, look. Everyone says that there's there's water on the facility, including people who were there. Uh, there was water. I mean, did agents do something terrible? It's not impossible, right? Border agents are people. And while I've seen nothing but, you know, uh, exemplary... Uh, conduct largely by our our border agents you know there have been incidents of course right like this is something every single group of people including congress people you know some of them suck some of them go to prison some of them lose elections because they lie all the time these things occur it's not a big surprise this is nothing but just a way to use people who are in a very difficult time as they've crossed the border into what they now call our concentration camps, they're trying to use them for political benefit. And I will quote Chad Prather here and say that there is no such thing as a concentration camp that you can turn around and walk the other way from. That's not a thing. If you can walk up to it, look at it, turn the other way and go back across the border and stay in the country, it's hard to call it a concentration camp. I know of no historical examples of concentration camps that could be easily avoided like that. The fact that the media keeps embracing this stuff is really bothersome. But it's up to us to actually know the truth and I guess get it out there because nobody else is going to do it. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Back with more in a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Every two seconds, there's a victim of identity theft, which means a criminal could be spending your money, applying for loans in your name, even damaging your credit, the good credit you've worked so hard to build. Fortunately, you could miss certain threats to your identity just by checking bank statements or monitoring your credit. That's why it's a good thing there is LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. 
LifeLock uses proprietary technology to detect and alert you to a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if you do have an issue involving identity theft, one of LifeLock's identity restoration specialists will work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you get identity theft protection and additional features to help protect your devices against cyber threats. Starting at the already discounted price of $9.99 a month, plus an extra 10% off your first year, just go to lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter the promo code BACK. Promo code BACK, 10% off, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. So sometimes I guess we can be a little too insensitive about the border talk. This was pointed out by uh, some liberal groups who are trying to now uh, spread around these controversial comments made by Glenn the other day. And if you happen to be listening to the show the other day, uh, let's give you the uh, clip that they're talking about and are so upset about. Listen, it's funny because because they, they made they were very upset that they were asked to check their phones going into the facility. Uh, So they did. But heroic Joaquin Castro smuggled in a device to get some footage and what a brave man he oh, is my God. and uh it's certainly nothing to, you know his brother's running for president but don't that's not at all important start to pull a stunt like this um and but you know what all these terrible things happened the only thing he was able to get though was a bunch of women sitting comfortably in sleeping bags uh but mm. they were on the floor Oh, my God. And uh, unlike so my daughter minute, who minute, sleeps on the floor in her sleeping bag next to her bed inexplicably yes, uh, every night, um, that is the, the most horrific thing that's ever well, happened. Well, I think that you can make a case that they're used to sleeping on the dirt outside mm. for this, you know, this long journey of you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles of journey. Uh, they're usually, you know copping a squat by oh, a cactus no. uh and now we're forcing them to you know put a sleeping bag down on a clean floor if there's only some recourse for these people if there's only some way for them to avoid these facilities Boy. like i don't know like turning around and mm. going the opposite direction no that's not back possible. to their home oh, you want to go back to the past mm. i say we keep them marching forward yeah we open our borders and we march them all the way to the Canadian border mm. and help them across the Canadian border. And I'm sure we'd have great response from the Canadians. So that was earlier this week, and apparently that's controversial. And the big thing that's controversial there is that apparently Glenn's saying that migrants were sleeping on dirt and, delicately put by Glenn, copping a squat next to a cactus is apparently the controversial point there i think and again it's always difficult to detect what is offensive in these clips uh because i think you can generally say like the imagery of of copying a squad is not a pleasant one but i mean i think the problem i think what they're trying to say is glenn is saying people from central america don't they they don't have homes and this is the way they live and they should be lucky to be here a couple points on this Number one, very specifically, Glenn was talking about the journey here. We know how rough the journey here is. 
we know that Barack Obama warned people not to come here because it was such a dangerous journey in which people routinely die. And if you think the dying part is uh, not quite common enough to justify the imagery used by Glenn, let's go to the sexual assault then. We're a gigantic number. I mean, it ranges, you know, pretty widely from about 20 to 80 percent of women who make this journey wind up getting sexually assaulted in some way. Does it sound better? Maybe he should have gone further. Maybe the copping a squat describing a, uh, a little bit of an icky moment of the journey wasn't the one we should have focused on. Maybe we should have focused on the fact that these women are being assaulted. That many of them are dying. Uh, that Maybe that was a better thing to focus on. Maybe they didn't bring people down that much. But we're talking about the journey here. We're not talking about uh, the, the lifestyle they live at home. Although it's a lifestyle they'll f- they are fleeing from. And this is an important part. It's been well publicized at this point. That these facilities are not the, the most wonderful places on earth. It ain't Disneyland. Okay. We all know that. They're designed for short-term stays. They're completely overloaded. We can't get money from, from the Democrats until very recently. They finally approved some money for it. But like this is, these are not great facilities, and it's been widely publicized, yet people still keep coming. Why do you go to a new place? Why do you do that? Because you have decided that the place you're going to is better than the place you were. That's why you go places. That's why you go to Disneyland. You go on vacation. Why? Because you think it's going to be the greatest place on earth. You move to a new city. Why? Because you're hoping it's going to improve your lot in life. And that's what migrants are doing. They're doing it illegally in some cases, abusing the asylum process in other cases, and some are legitimate. Uh, But the bottom line here is that every person that comes here is coming here because they believe what they will get here including the incredibly terrible situation that we've heard about in these facilities is better than what they're leaving. And that is a point that the left loves to ignore. You're listening to Glenn Beck. If you've been thinking about your home security, I've talked about Simply Safe Home Security for years now. Incredible protection, intuitive, thoughtful design, fair, reasonable prices. But right now, in honor of 4th of July, we've worked together with Simply Safe to put together a great offer for fans of this show 15% off your system plus a free HD camera. The system has everything the entry sensors, the motion sensors, glass break sensors, security camera, everything you need to stop criminals from touching your home. Simply Safe won CNET's Editor's Choice for Home Security. PC Magazine's Editor's Choice Wirecutter calls it the best home security. You can install it yourself, and monitoring is still $15 a month. This is an incredible deal and an incredible system. Go to simplysafebeck.com right now. You're going to get 15% off your system plus a free HD security camera. That's a $100 value in the camera alone. It's simplysafebeck.com. 15% off now at simplysafebeck.com. Socialism is a disease. We've got the cure. Inoculate yourself with a daily dose of Glenn at glennbeck.com or wherever podcasts are found. 
It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn will be back on Monday. He's uh, out for actually recovering from surgery to reroute his esophagus to a garbage can to lose some weight. So that's going on now, but he should be back and healthy and ready to go on Monday. We're talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her detention uh, facility comments at the southern border. What's going on there? What's actually occurring? And she's now saying that we're headed to fascism. She says, are we headed to fascism? Yes. I don't think there's a question. So she's not, I mean, it's not even like, it's not a borderline situation. We're on our way. Now, I do remember every time Glenn says the, the word fascism or Nazi or concentration camp or Germany or like Europe, or, I mean, any of these things we get, you know, he, he would get beat up by every group in the world that says you're not allowed to talk about these things. These are... You know, these are specific. You can't bring politics into this, and you should never use this sort of imagery. But no, she's saying we are headed to fascism, and that's apparently okay. She's saying they are concentration camps, and and that's apparently okay. And here's the thing, and I don't want to overstate this, because you're in a... What I'm thinking is a little bit uh, black and white, so I don't want to overstate my case here. So let me just be very careful. Literally no one in the universe believes what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying. Zero people. By the way, that includes Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No one believes the things she is saying. She's saying them because she expects people to kind of just go along and not question it. She, and, and look, there are there is, of course, an element of truth here. This is a difficult situation. There's a lot of people in, in, in areas that they would rather not be. Everyone wants to live in a mansion, and they're not living in mansions. You know? I mean, it sucks. They lived in a country that was so crappy, they decided they had to risk their lives to leave it. At this point, knowing they were going to end up in an overcrowded, under-resourced facility. Imagine that decision. It's not an easy day. And no one's saying it is. So, of course, there's some element of truth that the circumstances are not the best. However, where she's going, trying to make it seem like, I mean, the idea that she was sexually abused while walking through a facility with other Congress people is the most asinine thing anyone has ever stated. It's ridiculous. We all know it's ridiculous. The people writing about it in the media know it's ridiculous and it did not occur. But we, I guess we're supposed to act as if this is serious. Luckily, there are other people who have gone to these facilities and looked at them. People with actual credibility. Uh, and they have uh, reported things that are a little bit different than what you're hearing from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the rest of the media. Uh, joining me is Dan Andros. He is at faithwire.com. And Dan, you guys actually talked to people who went to the facility that maybe didn't have a political axe to grind, uh, kind of a different uh, different way of looking at this story you guys did on Faithwire. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, Stu, thoughts and prayers to Glenn. That surgery sounds uh, really difficult. I, yeah, like thoughts and prayers. <laughs> although I will say I'm in line to get the surgery. I, as I was describing the surgery, I thought I need to get the surgery that I reroute the esophagus to a garbage can because that, be, that would be something that would improve my life. <laughs> There you go. Um, yeah, so uh, a few pastors, actually, that we have spoken to um, happened to have toured the same facility that AOC uh, had gone to. 
and came away. They actually had gone before she went. So this wasn't like they went afterwards to, to go and, you know, get a different story and throw something out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Rev, Rev, Reverend uh, Samuel Rodriguez went and uh, he had gone with a delegation of Hispanic pastors. Uh, and they, he was, he told us that he was totally baffled by the reports uh, from AOC and others who, who saw what they saw. He said that he saw no, you know, soiled diapers, no deplorable conditions, no lack of basic necessities. Now, he went on to say that it was like a summer camp. I don't know that it's that good, um, but I don't think I think the media just sort of took that quote. I think he was trying to just say that it was wasn't the the torturous situation that. Um, AOC uh, was describing uh, another pastor, Gil- Gilberto Corradera. Um, he also went there and he, he had an interesting thing here. And this is where I wanted to focus in on Stu. Um, he said that uh, uh, the border agents actually have good relationships with the families and the children there. And they often spend their own money to buy food and water for them because, and this is the reason why these pastors are involved in the first place is because uh, of the lack of resources and funding right now, you know, dedicated to this situation uh, because there's an influx. This is way more than they're normally used to dealing with. And again, AOC actually voted against uh, that, that funding that was recently put up because she wanted to make a statement. So, mm-hmm. um, so she voted against that. But so to me, that's like, okay, we've got two competing narratives here. On the one hand, you have these pastors saying that the border agents actually care and they generally feel bad for the people in this situation that, as you said, they're coming from such horrible situations that they know they may not even have a chance to get in. They're willing to risk the lives of their children and themselves to try to get here. That's how bad it is. So of course we have compassion on them for that situation, but that doesn't mean we can just let everybody in. And since we don't have the resources, they're actually spending their own money. Now, listen, I mean, compare that to what AOC is saying, and she's describing, she's gone out there and has tweeted that these are like concentration camps. Now, when you go down that road, she's going, she can do one of two things. She can either apologize and say that she just feels so bad for, you know, that that she didn't mean to use that language. She just felt bad for the people in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But, or she could do everything she can to double down and prove that her theory about these being intentionally harmful concentration camps is true. And so um, what she's basing that tweet on, Stu, that the one, and I'm going to read the tweet because it's really interesting. She said, I just left the first CPB facility. I see why those officers are being so physically and sexually threatening towards me. Their officers are keeping women in cells with no water and had to tell them to drink out of toilets. This was them on their good behavior in front of members of Congress. Now, it's interesting the way she worded that because she didn't see the sexually threatening towards me thing is not from, she's not saying that that, ha- at least my understanding is she's not saying that that happened while she was at the facility. She's saying that this happened in these secret Facebook groups that were border <laughs> patrol. Now, where, what do those things come from and what are those? Um, so that came from a report, interestingly, that was dropped about 20 minutes before she tweeted about it. Yes. Uh, from ProPublica, which is a left-leaning one of these left-leaning fact-checkers, you know, they masquerade as independent, but they're really, you know, have a liberal-leaning uh, bias. And so the timing of that's interesting, because here she is on a tour, right, and she's learning of all these horrific details, and yet she can tweet this random story that she just happened to find. Um, so it, it sure seems like she at least knew about it, or maybe there was possibly some coordination there on the release of that. But these Facebook groups, let's, let, let's look at those, because the media has run with that. 
they've run with the memes that are in there, and they're yeah. obviously these insensitive memes and, and you know locker room talk kind of stuff. Right, and I'm fascinated um, by this part of it because it, I mean they act as if finding people who say things online about public figures is some breaking news event. It's like, well, right. people are jerks, right? Like, yes, people say bad things. We don't know who these people are. Part of the reason why they do it on the internet is because there's anonymity. So we don't know yep. who they are. We don't know if they're actually border guards or not. And I was fascinated by the, um, after Ocasio-Cortez came out and she was talking to the media afterwards, she said, you know, I, I've seen all these things, uh, all these negative things is written about me, and I'm not going to stop speaking truth to power. And it's like, well, your power, you realize that, like, you're a congressperson right. now. That You're not just some random, uh, you know, bartender anymore. You are, the t- you are the type of person that gets truth spoken to. It's not supposed to be the other yeah. way around at this point. And she acts as if, like, this, she wants to shut down. I mean, we played a clip earlier, uh, Dan, of, of one congresswoman actually calling for the prosecution of people on this Facebook group yes. for the things that they're saying about Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, this is out of control. Right. The, the, if you think about the absurd, if you slow down and you, I mean, there's really two different worlds here, Stu. We have Twitter world and regular world. Now, in regular world, the things that they're reacting to are utterly absurd. To suggest that we should prosecute people for creating stupid memes is one of the most ridiculous ideas I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, because, first of all, then pretty much everybody would get shut down because everybody has created a meme at some point or another that has made fun of somebody. That's mm-hmm. pretty much the whole entire point of memes. It's the Internet. So, it's the I mean, entire point of the Internet. On defeating and prosecuting memes, God bless you, go for that. I don't, I don't think it's the best idea out there. Um, but, uh, but these secret groups, I mean, AOC has really just become great at building up straw men and tearing them down. I mean, CNN reported this breathlessly, of course, you know, that, that all of these, uh, insensitive memes were happening and then kind of mentioned at the bottom of the article that, well, we weren't able to independently verify if any of the people in this secret Facebook group are, uh, are actually anything to do with CPB at all. That, think about this too, a, a secret Facebook group. Mm-hmm. What is a secret Facebook group? It is a closed Facebook group that literally anyone in the world can create. Mm-hmm. They make it sound like it's some secret society that has been deviously conceived by border patrolling. No. And some random person just created a Facebook group and called it that. We have no idea who. It could be a 13-year-old in their basement. We have mm-hmm. no idea who this is. And yet this is lead news across the mainstream media. That's the sorry state that we're we're in today. Uh, it really is incredible, and I and I will say that uh, Ocasio Cortez, after this, because she was asked about the abuse uh, that she had in the facility, and she did mention the the Facebook group, which is you know ridiculous. Another thing that she actually mentioned as well, though, was uh, selfies. She was a victim of selfie abuse. Now, selfie abuse. What? If you're not familiar with this, uh, I mean, you're going to be horrified. Uh, she said that uh, people were, uh, agents were taking photos of themselves smiling with her in the background. And if that's not abuse, I just don't know what is. I mean, I, I don't know how we're, we're allowing this to go on. I mean, this is... She's... This is, uh, she's literally saying that that's abuse, that someone t- wanted to get a picture with her in the background because she's a famous person. And yes, because they were, when they were, you know, she's basically saying that they were mocking her 
Uh, she said uh, she said she was up, upset about the quote stealth selfie uh, that was being taken. She went around in her and, and and you know the border agents are like she was they were, she, she was basically harassing us. But you know what are we going to do? She's in Congress. Like but we wanted to tell her to stop. But you know we didn't know what we were supposed to do. And that goes back again to speaking truth to power. Like that is she acts as if she's this person who's like uncovering all of these things. First of all. When we talk about the secret Facebook group, someone got the password to a group that anyone can post. And secret groups are not secret. They're just private. So you can't see the post unless you get the password. Well, someone got, or, or got an invite. Somebody got an invite or leaked it to ProPublica. Who knows who this is? We, we don't know who it is. Um, but it could be ProPublica for all we know. There's only like a thousand people in it. It's true. Yeah, it was, I think it was 9,500 people. Less than 10,000 people are in it. And we don't know. Again, it, maybe it did start with actual border guards. You know, they only give about five or six examples in the story, at least that I read from ProPublica. And they were like rude. And they were, you know, like, do I love the idea that in our society this stuff's going on? No. But it was not the end. I mean, it was not threatening. It was not death threats or anything close to that. The, the biggest threat in there, as we were talking about earlier, was one of the people on the one of the commenters under the story. So someone posts a story. One commenter on the story, a commenter mm-hmm. wrote they someone should throw a burrito at her. Which again, yeah. I think, could be delicious. A comment of it. Well, yes, exactly. And I mean, and that's honestly that's minimal abuse from what is typical on Facebook. Look at what conservative women get on on Facebook. Uh, oh my God, Dana but, Lash. Oh my God, the things that oh have God. been said about her and her family. Not even close. All this is, too, is all this is is pushing a narrative. And when you have to go to a secret Facebook group to to sort of build up these uh, images of what's actually happening there, um, to 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 validate your theory that these are concentration camps Mm. i mean i think it's time that people need to pull back here a little bit and use some common sense okay the the truth is probably somewhere in the middle are these happy fun daycares probably not but that's not what they're designed to be no you know when you come over across the border illegally you're not supposed to get a stay at the ritz carlton or at why not Uh, you know what i think it's in the constitution dan the ritz carlton is in the constitution (laughs) if you look on the back of it uh you'll see it there Uh, i gotta go dan we got we're running out of time i want to point people though to faithwire.com because you have on the front page these interviews including the interview about how the border agents have been actually buying and using their own money for goods and services here for these uh for these immigrants this is a uh, something you're not getting from the mainstream media you can check it out at faithwire.com dan thanks for coming on all right thanks too all right back in a second you're listening to glenn beck Mississippi is getting sued over a new law that says that people who make veggie burgers and meatless meatballs can't use those terms anymore because apparently the people of Mississippi are too stupid to know that a meatless meatball isn't actually made of meat. I really you don't need the government to control every aspect of your life. This is I mean it's insane. It's like this is again it's progressivism coming from the other side and it does happen. I like Arby's approach a little bit better though. The meat, you know, this whole impossible burger thing where they're having the plant-based based meats. They've gone the other way. Instead of plant-based meats, they're making meat-based plants. The merit is a carrot that's actually made of meat. That's America. The merit You're listening to 